Ladies and gentlemen and turkeys, you guys see what I did there? Welcome back to another episode, episode 75 of Pounding the Table. As I mentioned earlier, we got an incredible guest here from Zingaroo talking about a trading competition that we're going to be launching here right after Thanksgiving. We are also giving you guys money to sign up for the account, so you're definitely going to want to pay attention. There is such a thing as free lunch in Pounding the Table land. So sit back and enjoy the episode. I, I do enjoy this chance to wish America a happy Thanksgiving. We go through challenging times, and, and so often the news of the day can make folks discouraged. But the fact is, is that we live in the greatest country on earth, and we are blessed in so many ways, families and friends, people we care about. We look out for each other. We looked out for our neighbors and our friends. We're grateful for the brave men and women of our military who serve all around the world. With that, I hope that everybody has a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Time flies, even if turkeys don't. Everything has to be on the tape. Tony, I could not be more excited about our guests today. They are from an app called Zingaroo, which is something that I literally have been talking to you about for months and months and years, probably, Honestly. about something that I really wanted to create, which not only embodies the stock market, but what we love about FinTwit and these group chats, and now we can get pounders involved as well, because we're going to be running a pounders competition that will share a little bit more info here after the interview. But really want to welcome to the table, Zoe and Colin from Zingaroo. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having us today. So Zoe and Colin, welcome to the table. Before we jump into the, the app, because I think it's really important to understand where you guys came from. You have a lot of institutional background. This was not just an idea overnight that you guys created. So before we jump into the app, you want to give a quick background on, on yourselves? Yeah, sure. So hey, everyone, my name is Zoe. I'm the founder and CEO of Zingaroo. And I got my start working on Wall Street right out of college. So I worked for a broker dealer first, then made my way over to the buy side. I worked for a guy named John Dawson. He's the founder of Dawson Cap. If anyone remembers Pequot Capital, he was well known on um, there, and he's been in a, a hedge fund in the hedge fund space for quite a few decades. I think when I worked for him, the average LP had been invested something like twenty six years in his hedge fund. Um, so it was a great experience working for him. And then I founded my first company when I was twenty six. It was a healthcare play. I really cut my teeth on entrepreneurship. And the big thing with healthcare and coming from Wall Street is understanding how to innovate in highly regulated spaces. So we'll get into Zingaroo a little bit here. Um, but our big premise is hosting investment competitions in a, that are fully compliant and above board. And we've worked really closely with the regulators to get this concept off the ground. Like Avi said, and he shoots me messages all the time. He's saying like, oh, I think this stock is going to go up. I think this stock is going to go down. And he's always wondering, like, we're, we'll make like little stock events here and there. And he's always wondering if there's going to be a way for us to actually like track it side to side. So I really want to know where you guys got the idea of, because I, I think it's something that a lot of investors like on Twitter and in general have been kind of toying with in their heads for a while. Yeah, so I... Fun fact, I'm the eldest of eight, eight kids and I've got five brothers and we're all super competitive. Mm -hmm. You've got sports or academia or money, anything. And so I actually got into a heated dinner table conversation with some of my brothers one year and we were looking at some stocks. We we're deba debating the movement just exactly, Tony, like what you were describing, what you and Avi do, also your, your buddies. And I got so frustrated by this because I had actually worked at a hedge fund and mm -hmm. came from Wall Street and they were like econ majors at Stanford or whatever. And I said, you know what, let's, you know, put our money where our mouth is. 
So for Christmas, I gave them a Christmas present. I said, let's open up some brokerage accounts and trade with each other. We did that. And then it was kind of like, this is so boring. It's really like solitaire. We're just in our own Petri dish that's like screenshots and text messages. This is not at all the experience I was looking for. Like I wanted a leaderboard. I wanted to chat with them. I wanted to drop in my trades and show them that I was the best and they were the worst. And (laughs) and so when this concept, which Zingaroo, I thought it was as obvious as inventing a post-it note didn't exist. I decided to go build it myself. And so it was quite the journey to figure out the compliance and the rules and the regulation. And I think one of the things that I really brought to the table getting Zingaroo off the ground was that I had a really healthy respect for regulators. So I didn't do what some Silicon Valley entrepreneurs would do, which is like, let's just get started. We can get something off the ground quickly. We'll figure out you know, the regulations later. No, we'll no take SBF, a uh, no SBF, Yeah, FTX. no, none of that. <laughs> no, no. The, the, I know from, you know, having my career be in, in a regulated space for 20 years that there's there's no mulligans at the SEC and FINRA. <laughs> I was not looking to get a really good idea off the ground and get it shut down. That was not my goal. So as Tony mentioned, like we, we probably get three to four different, you know, financial applications. Someone's reaching out to us, you know, almost every day, right? And there's this plethora, it's almost like an overload of content and people don't really know where to go. So that's what I love about this is because it it is very unique. It's something that will probably save my cell phone battery quite a bit with all of the WhatsApp messages going back and forth and the screenshots, as you mentioned. But what like really makes you different from others that have maybe tried this before? Yeah. So for starters, we have a broker dealer. So we're fully registered with the SEC and FINRA. So Zing Guru is the name of the app that you would download in the app store. And Underneath that, we have a subsidiary, which is Z Squared Securities. So that's our wholly owned broker dealer. And then when we launch, so on Zingaroo, you open up a brokerage account, you go through a KYC or AML process, and you open up a new a new brokerage account. You can trade equities, fractional equities, options, ETFs, and we just launched crypto. And then from there, we work really closely with the regulators to add in all the cool new differentiated features. So we launched chat, we launched investment competitions, we launched leaderboards. Um, and we finally were able to unlock investment competitions where users can win, have a ch- enter for a chance to win real money prizes. And that's the big differentiator. And we really spent a lot of time with the regulators to get that off the ground. Can you talk a little bit more about what these look like in these like chat groups that I have? How does that look like in Zingaroo, for example? If I have a group of 10 people that I'm talking to constantly, like how does that translate in the form of the app? Yeah. So when you're in the app, there's a section called bullpens. You can basically drop a link to your friends. And so when they open up their Zingaroo account, they can get invited into your bullpen. And then from there, you can chat with all your buddies about stocks and investing or anything else. We've, uh, you know, implemented gifts. <laughs> a moment in the startup world. That's it was huge. super fun. <laughs> to see. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, no great companies built in today. So that was something that brought a smile to my face. And then we started adding cool things like you can share a verified trade. So you think of like the blue check mark on Twitter, other things. Mm-hmm. If you've made a trade on Zingaroo, you can drop that into your bullpen and it proves that you actually made a trade. It proves what the return was, positive or negative. So if it's up a lot, you can brag. Someone else can drop a better uh, return. I, I dropped in once. I was so proud of myself. I was up like 425% on a Snapchat call. And then someone else dropped in a 1300% return on Exxon. So that was a moment. <laughs> and then do you think like the of leaderboard fun. of the these players throughout the process? Or yeah. So 
Yeah. So the bullpen is the the chat group, the chat functionality. And then we launch zones, which are the actual investment competitions. And zones are where you you enter and there, we have a couple of different mechanics. So a portfolio zone is you share your entire portfolio. So you can invite your buddies to uh, an investment competition and you're going to share your whole portfolio with them. And then we're going to show what the percent return is across that portfolio. So you'll have a leaderboard. You can see exactly where you rank on the leaderboard throughout the investment competition. You can click on people's profile in the leaderboard, and then you can see what they're actually holding. We layer it up a little bit, so you're not going to see if it's a put or a call exactly uh, mm-hmm. until they share the full verified trade. But if you know a stock's going down and they're up massively, you can infer that they probably had a put mm-hmm. on that company. Makes a lot of sense. So never let them know your next move, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The and then, then there's the, the, the really fun part, which is... Uh, you can pay a fee to enter the premium zones and then there's going to be an actual prize pool on the back end of that. So I think we've got a, a fun announcement for your followers uh, when you're ready. <laughs> that is right, Zoe. And and thanks to you guys because you're giving away $1,000 cash as part of this prize. So Colin, can you walk through a little bit of the details of the competition of how we're going to be setting this up? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Avi. Uh, my name's Colin, by the way, I'm the head of business of Bangaroo. So we've worked with the good folks at the Pounding the Table podcast to put together an offer for their audience at the end of this year. Um, so we are hosting a Pounding the Table investment competition. It's going to be free to join for the Pounding the Table audience. This competition is going to run from December 12th to December 16th. So market open on Monday through market close on Friday. There is a $1,000 prize pool that will be distributed to the top 20% based on performance. So if you enter the competition and participate, you'll have a chance to win an ETF at the end of the contest. In addition to that, we're going to be giving away $25 free as a sign-up bonus. So if you come to Zingaroo, download the iOS app and open an account, we'll credit your account with $25 cash. So you can use that money to diversify your portfolio and enter the competition and come trade with us and see how your performance backs up. Awesome. I'm sure our followers are going to be very excited for that. Part of the and thing, uh, you said you were going to be giving people $25. So that begs the question of this is definitely not paper trading, correct? Because I know a lot of different apps out here, they're trying to do competitions in this way and that way with various different, you know, prize pools that are all, you know, paper money based to get into. With that being said, obviously, there's a lot of scrutiny that comes into this at like regulatory oversight. So I just wanted to know, like, how can our users feel protected by Zingaroo, feel safe and trusted and use it for not just trading, but enjoying trading with friends? Good question. So yes, it's all real money trading, no paper trading. Most investment competitions that are out there in the world um, are done with paper trading. So virtual currencies, fake money. We're the first regulated company to offer real money investment competitions in the U.S., the regulated piece is really important. Our investment competitions and the firm as a whole um, are fully registered with FINRA. We just passed our first FINRA audit, which includes investment competitions. Um, so in the world that we're in, it's nice to know that you can work with a company who's fully registered and is playing by the rules when it comes to FINRA and the SEC. And one other piece on the investment competition, since this is the first one we're doing with pounding the table, uh, we're, limiting it, we're limiting it to competitors only. Um, so the first 50 people to sign up can participate for free. Um, and then we will roll out new competitions towards Q1 of next year. We're going to have some big ones for next year. This one's kind of the trial, get everyone in. So we're going to limit it to the 50. 
but get ready because we're going to be doing a lot of these hopefully down the road. And while we have you on the show, obviously the craziness with FTX has kind of taken over the market. So I got to ask Zoe, just given the nature of this app and this business that you're building right now, which is super exciting, it has a lot of parallels to kind of how Pounding the Table has built their business based off this excitement around retail. There's been millions and millions of new accounts, as we mentioned, they're setting up chat rooms, as we've been talking about, or different ways to communicate about what they're doing in the investment world, right? And so lately, I guess the past two years haven't been, you know, all rainbows and butterflies, unfortunately. Coming from that institutional side, has retail like really made an impact or how has that really changed things? And where do you see the economy kind of going here in the future? I know that's a really heavy question. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so I guess from my perspective on the on the retail side, people are more and more curious and interested in the market than ever before. It's almost like the Oscar Wilde saying the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. And even though there's a bunch of stocks that have blown up and a bunch of companies that have blown up recently, people are talking about it, right? They're curious mm -hmm. and they're, they want to know where to go, where is a good place to go, where's a safe place to go. Obviously, there's all different types of companies that, that are out there. And I think people are starting to appreciate, you know, an entity that is onshore. They're starting to appreciate if someone, an entity is asking for my, you know, KYC and AML information, that means they're probably regulated too. So the retail investor is getting smarter. Uh, they're not just, you know, YOLO opening any account anywhere. And they're not looking for the easiest path to get on an exchange or on a platform and start investing. That being said, separately to that, if we're looking at some of the other areas, I do think the markets have come down a lot, but people are talking, right? They're now sharpening their pencil. It's not easy. It's not a 10-year bull run. Uh, there's not a bunch of liquidity. They're not getting, you know, stimulus checks from the government. So they're being more, they're being more thoughtful. When we launched investment competitions, this is a bit of an anecdote here, in January of last year, we saw a lot of people investing in the meme stocks. And what ended up happening is that they were at the bottom of the leaderboard. So there were all the people at the bottom third of the leaderboard were holding AMCs, the GameStops, the yeah. Bed Bath & Beyond. And then the people that were at the top of the leaderboard were holding SQQQ. And as the markets evolved, the people at the top of the leaderboard started holding energy stocks. And I came from Wall Street and I was like, yo, I don't think I'm qualified to trade Exxon or Chevron. Uh, or Occidental Petroleum, right? Because I knew these guys that were, their entire career was to be an energy trader. They had done it for decades. They were super dialed in. They had all the analyst notes. It seemed daunting to me. But after a while, I got so frustrated by seeing other people holding those positions. And I really decided to add them to a feature we call watch list on Zingro. So you can, mm -hmm. so that's the sort of paper trading. You can watch a stock. And it's pretty sophisticated. You can, have, you can watch specific calls and specific puts on Zingro. Um, and then we partnered with QuiverQuant and we pulled in all this research on alternative data sources. So now you can add in layers of research as you got excited about a specific stock or holding. And all of that was me sharpening my pencil to build up to the point where I felt confident investing in energy stocks. And I checked my portfolio this morning. I'm up like 44% in Exxon, which if I hadn't been entering investment competitions in Zingru and talking about, you know, where I was and then also doing that extra layer of work yeah. around it. And it was fun and exciting. I would be out. I would be, you know, holding some crappy stocks that are in the gutter. No, it's, it's so, really, I mean, it is interesting because we see it on FinTwit all the time. You know, it's like 
we started talking about different stocks and I follow other folks that have podcasts or, you know, other influencers on online. And, and just, it's funny. Cause like some of the, the most intelligent people on Twitter maybe only have like 200 followers. Right. And so this kind of gives mm-hmm. those folks a chance to like get their, get their names known and they can have the data and like the actual portfolio then back it up too. Actually. So that's exactly what we call it. We call it share data, get data. Uh, and it's an equalizer. It's not, you know, how big is someone's following? Um, so they're going to, you know, you're going to pay more attention to them. They're at the top of leaderboard. They're either mm-hmm. a great investor or they're not. Uh, and then you'll be able to make your decisions along the way. And just if I think back to the, you know, financial crisis, 2008 financial crisis, because I was on Wall Street, you know, at that time at the beginning of my career, nobody my age was talking about stocks then mm-hmm. unless they were employed by Wall Street firms. The only people talking about the market were you know, kids on Wall Street are trying to get mm-hmm. jobs on Wall Street. Whereas today you have a, you know, a bear market or a recession and everyone's talking about it. It's not mm-hmm. just the kids that are on Wall Street, right? It's the kids who are in college, the Gen Zers, it's everybody. And we've had a mental shift where you can now talk about gains and losses. You can talk about failures. It's no longer shameful. Um, and that's a big departure from my parents' generation where it was like incredibly gauche to talk about your portfolio your stock mm-hmm. holdings, if you made money or if you lost money. Um, it was either really gauche if you talked about how much money you made or it was like really embarrassing and tragic if you talked about money that you lost on a trade. And I just don't think we have that same shaming mindset mm-hmm. uh, for people these days. Definitely. And like Twitter is like a perfect example of like seeing that idea come out because you see everyone's always posting different things about how they, like, I think X stock's going to go this way. And then you can you can timestamp that, right? And see if like, the person was right or wrong. So it's like very interesting there. I mean, you just went over a lot of the different experience you have in starting Zingaroo, right? So kind of just swoop that question out from under me. But would love to know what advice you have taken or what advice you can give to people from everything that you've done for new uh, young entrepreneurs in the space. And also, I know that you are the uh, first female to launch a broker dealer in the last decade, which is very, very cool. Congratulations <laughs> on that. So to anyone you want to give some uh, in- insights and advice to who is maybe thinking about starting up an idea that they don't know if they can, you know, they don't feel as confident or if they have some trouble avenueing that. So I do want to just yeah, bring you back so, one, one extra thing on there. Sorry. And, and uh, the irony of what I, I just cut you off there. I was, I was going to say like it, it, investing is such a male driven or in the past, it has been such a male driven industry where you start to find those little communities as a female breaking those glass ceilings. Like how do we get women more involved in, in into investing? Because I don't think it should be a male or a female thing. I think everyone should invest, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing I see with entrepreneurship, actually. The more women see a woman found a company, the more they think, well, I can go found a company also. I do see a difference in genders. Everyone likes to talk about gender in 2022 or almost in 2023. But there is actually a a distinct difference because I mentor so many people, um, male or female or other. Uh, And what I see is that women will make lists and they say, I'm not ready to get started. I can't ask for friends and family money until I've accomplished everything on my list of 10 things. And then they accomplish it. And then their list is grown to 20 things and they're still accomplishing all of it, but they still don't feel qualified or ready to ask for money yet. Whereas like a young dude walks in to a VC meeting and says, here's my idea on my cocktail napkin. My company's worth $10 million, invest a million dollars, or you'll be known as the investor that passed on the next Facebook. And there's such a difference in confidence there. And my number one piece of advice to everybody of every gender that exists out there is just get started, right? Like fundraising is 
almost mathematical. It's like how many hits until it converts to a shot on goal, right? It is like you're going to get so many no's and then you can actively listen as to why somebody is passing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of nuggets and information in there. So the the young dude with the idea on a cocktail napkin and the investors are going to pass and say, you didn't do X, Y, Z, come back to me you do have X, Y, Z. And the young woman who has her list, who never asked for money and thinks she's not yet qualified, if she's out there pitching and asking, you know, would you come in? She's going to get a yes. And then she's going to be able to accomplish a lot more at Mm -hmm. some point. And the two things, you know, eventually will balance out. In terms of being the first woman to launch a brokerage in in the past decade, I've had so many people take me underneath their wing, right? Like, I'm going to make this very clear. I did not do this on my Mm -hmm. own. I am a sole founder. I don't believe in co-founders. That's a whole other topic of discussion for entrepreneurship. But there are a lot of people that took me under their wing. I have a whole trading advisory board. I have an education advisory board. I have a founder advisory board. I I found and you know sought out people and asked for help and asked for advice. And then I gave them some equity for it. So I, I maintained the ownership as a sole founder. I have a larger advisory board than a lot of other startups because I wanted people to have a part of that success and mentoring me and coaching me. And even though I founded multiple companies at this point, I've invested in over 40 startups. I'm a mentor residence for tech stars. I am a scout for some VC firms. I'm an investor in some VC firms. There's you're never done learning. You're never done learning. And I mean, Colin can attest to this. Like every time we accomplish something, there's like another huge boulder that we want to crack and, you know, another big problem that we have to solve. And some days there are amazing. And some days you're, you know, at the bottom of a hill yeah, yeah. <laughs> covered in shit. You have to have this mentality of go, go, go. And I, and I love what you were saying about just like start something and see where it happens. Like this is pounding the table. We literally, I sent him a microphone. We started recording and Smiling, like, sure enough, we started snowballing and, yeah. and it kind of built on top of itself. Right. And so I think a lot of people just need to take that first step. Not to be cheesy here, but I have to call out the fact that you're this uh, race car driver too. Uh, on, this, <laughs> on top of everything you've accomplished thus far, you, you know, do you think that plays a role kind of in your mentality? Of go, go, go. It's like, all right, I need to actually go, go, go in a race car here. I became, so I, I took a lot of sports to really high levels. I was a swimmer, a uh, sailor, and a gymnast uh, once upon a time. Uh, and then I had five surgeries in college, so that sucked. And I had to take a break from from sports. I was competing, you know, at national level at a very high level. And I then I got really into competing with my career. And a great way place to do that and excel your your career, it's like shoots and ladders, is to, to found a company. And then fast forward to I'd say like 2016, maybe the VCs started hosting a bunch of these track day events, and they realized, you know, race car driving is like the new golf. The young founders want a way to network with the VCs, but they really would rather light themselves on fire rather than go play golf because it's just so slow, right? To your point, founders want to move fast. And most founders don't grow with, with money, so they're not attuned to, you know, country club, polo shirts, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But almost everybody drives. I got invited to like every single track day event because I was a woman, I am a woman, and he wanted me there. And I quickly realized that a lot of VCs were not actually serious about doing my deal. They just wanted to have a token female founder at their event. And I was like, yo, fuck this. I'm super competitive and I am not about that. So I ended up finding this racing club, Monticello Motor Club in upstate New York. It's about 90 minutes north of the city. I'm wearing the vest right now. And I joined the race club. I bought a race car. I started taking race car lessons. Uh, You get better at it. So Tony, to a question you asked uh, when we were connecting first time, you do get better race car driving. 
Uh, and you like you like to go fast and you like to take risk and you have to break deeper and get on the gas earlier and not spin off the track. And you do crash and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Race cars are fairly safe. It's a lot safer than skiing. If anyone wants to play a st- statistics game. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. How about snowboarding? Are you going to an as well uh, in the past or something? <laughs> um, yeah. Key man insurance. What? Uh, and it's, it is so much fun and it's also really good for business because what I found is that the people that are at the racetrack are usually just the top 1% or the top 1% of their game, whatever their game is. Uh, it could be a tech founder. It could be an investor. It could be all these really cool businesses that I never even knew existed. Like one guy at, at the club has like the largest washing machine dealership. And he basically like supplies a huge portion of washing machines for commercial buildings mm. and he's found a really small niche for himself but he's the best at it and he I'm pretty sure he bought axel rose's ferrari wow <laughs> so, that's dope he that's has really cool. he has a wild car collection um and you meet these these great people and it's, it's a lot of fun and there is definitely something to race car driving and business and going fast and taking risks and picking yourself up when you make a mistake and you fly off the track and now I just got to ask out of pure curiosity, because like one of my favorite quotes of all time is from like a Fast and Furious movie. It's like, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. What do you think? I, the track I race is 4.2 miles. So I guess I live my, my life 4.2 miles at a, yeah. <laughs> at a time. It's honestly uh, the same like, like example, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but you, I, you only see a certain part of the track in front of you and you have to mentally know what's coming next and set up your line. And there's a racing line for speed and going fast. And then when you're defending, you also have to know what's offline and you have to take calculated risks and your reaction time has to be incredibly, incredibly fast because when you're offline, it can be really greasy or there can be marbles. You can pick up marbles on the track. Uh, you can also hit the rumble in the wrong place, which creates instability and makes your car uneven. You also learn at a certain point how to take people out. So if there's someone in front of you, you can learn how to, if they give them a little little tap, little you know, city cop tab. style. <laughs> you were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just, just, yeah. I was just going to say, you just nailed this analogy that I kind of threw out there because I thought go, go, go sounded cool. And you just 10x that real quick. Give them a little love tap, move them out of the way. <laughs> exactly. This is kind of the birth of Zingaroo. So one day we're going to look back at this and be like, wow, we were the first to bring this to life. And and we're really excited about it. So can't thank you guys enough for, for hopping on the show. And as I mentioned, we're going to be posting and sending an email out with all of the instructions of how to sign up for this competition. We're going to do it too. So Tony and I and Joey will all jump in there as well. And we're excited about this. I'm mean, just going to do the exact opposite of what Avi does, and that'll be, just be me versus Zavi. So, <laughs> exactly. Hey, and by the way, I just want to plant the seed for our, for all your listeners. We're doing this first competition, but if you sign up in December, we're going to be dropping something pretty cool for Q1 next year. So, if you're signed up, you'll be one of the first to know. I'm dun, very dun, dun, dun. excited. <laughs> Leaving a little <laughs> carrot for everyone. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on, pounding the table, and we will be excited to launch this competition. All right, that about wraps up this episode, but I do want to just take a pause and really thank you all for continuing to listen to us. I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but really without all of our listeners continuing to write us in DMs and emails and things like that, that definitely keeps us going. So thank you guys, and and we're thankful for you. And 
take some time this weekend. You know, obviously spend time with your family and there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world, but try to ignore it for the weekend and then come back ready to pound the table with us. Check it out. Go to poundingthetablepodcast.com. We're going to have a link. We're also going to send an email with the competition information as well. So we're really excited about this. Genuinely think this is going to be one of the coolest things ever. I've been trying to build this myself. So huge props to our partners over at Zingaroo. Thanks again, everyone. Enjoy the holidays. And we will be back next week for another episode of Pounding the Table. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. Yeah. Make a play, don't talk about it. Master P, I'm bad about it. This one here for all that try to count me out and they still counting. Honestly, I never doubt it. Say the top is never crowded. Well, I'm trying to climb the mountain till I need a few accountants. Stock is rising, perfect timing. I'm in Brickle with the tribe. Shawty sliding, she won't see.